Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep podcast. I'm your host, Steve Semino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com, and with me as always is executive editor Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Horror month comes to a shocking end. I am squealing with delight, screaming with delight. And Boo, I'm, I forgot we came up with a name for you already. I'm, I'm <laughs> and Boo Johnson. <laughs> so, makes me laugh. so lazy. I listened to it again and when we post, posted the episode and I laughed out loud to no one because it just made me laugh so much that dumb that was. <laughs> so lazy. So <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and Boo, welcome to the end of Horror Month. <laughs> It's been a great month. We've, we've watched some really good movies, and we've gotten through some horror classics, and we've talked a lot about the genre, and we've got one more horror movie to talk about before October comes to a close and we get to Halloween. It is It Follows, the 2014 supernatural psychological horror film written and directed by David Robert Mitchell. It is definitely one of the examples of... I'd say a little bit of a recent horror rise, a, a critical acclaim for the genre that was missing for a bunch of years. And it, it's, uh, it's available on Netflix if you haven't seen it. It's definitely worth a watch. And I think it's the perfect movie to wrap up Horror Month because I think, as we said on the last episode, it really deconstructs and, and includes a lot of the tropes that you'd expect from other horror movies, but does it without you know the wink and the nod that, that comes along a lot of the time. It just sort of folds them into a sort of modern story and, and with some psychosexual undertones and all that good stuff. Yeah, I uh, I really enjoy this movie because of the I, I just 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 the the different sort of inspirations it draws from. Again, sort of viewing it in like this historical progression, um, it borrows from so many different of the so many of the different movies we've talked about or referenced in the last month, and um, and uh, it's it's a fun one. I, I recommend people see it. Somehow, it's a six point nine out of ten on IMDb. Which I'm not saying it should necessarily be higher, but by the standards of people in IMDb, that's a shockingly <laughs> low score. Because I feel like we've talked about other movies that are a lot worse that have a lot higher IMDb scores. Inrealdeep.com so, does not recognize IMDb ratings as any sort no. of substantial method to regard yeah, a movie. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Metacritic gives it an 83, which sounds about about. And on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it does extremely well. So yeah, I think it, yeah. it, it's a. I guess that means uh, regular people may not have liked it as much as the critics did. But we'll get to all that. I think that's all very interesting topics. But before we do, one last horror month beverage of choice. Once again, I do not have a spooky beverage. I <laughs> considered it today and then totally failed in my attempt to get it. But I have a Stone Tangerine Express IPA. I guess if you're afraid of tangerines or orange, small orange fruits, this would be slightly frightening. But in general, it is just a very delicious, good IPA. I've been getting into the fruity IPAs a little bit more, and I find them to be not as disgusting as I would have thought previously. I was going to say that it might be frightening to people who don't like fruit with their IPA, <laughs> like true. like myself. Um, <laughs> but... But, Andrew, but that's, I guess, that's, I guess, a personal preference. So I have, uh, I found this in the beer store today, and I, I probably spent more money than I should have, but I, I couldn't help myself um, because it fits so well in with our, our month here. It is a Rhodes Mary's Baby from Two Roads Pumpkin Ale. <laughs> uh, that's Rhodes as in, like, the thing you drive on. Uh, and it has a fun little... Um, uh, silhouette of the carriage, the baby carriage from Rosemary's sure, Baby. The with, iconic poster image. With like a jack-o'-lantern stenciled into it, the side of it. So uh, I'm going to take my first sip here and I'll let you know how it is. Oh, let's go. Exciting moment. 
It's pretty good. Good. Tastes like tastes like it might have been made with uh, Satan breast milk. Breast milk <laughs> for Satan. I don't know. Is it like the actual Rosemary's Baby? It's spooky, but it's a little. It starts off normal and then it ends with a little bit of a fright. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it says on the side of the bottle, "From somewhere between heaven and ale oh. comes the scary good seasonal." I don't know if I'd they, call it scary good on my first sip, but uh, they could have done heaven and like H ale, so it was like he- like you know, like I just just ale seems lazy. Yeah, it does. Ah, well, it's all right. Rhodes Mary's baby, that's good. I appreciate the. It's, it's amazing that you found a beer that coincides with our movies that we talked about this month. <laughs> You've really torpedoed our chances of being sponsored by Two Roads Brewery. Thank you, thank I'm you for sorry. that, Steve. I'm we could have had cases of the stuff lying around in our apartments, but now, no, now, not any longer. I mean, the the beer company that references a fifty year old movie that is something we would probably find kinship with. So I probably should not have torpedoed that. Yeah. It's it's rated R for rum barrels because it's 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 it was aged in rum barrels. So okay, that's very beer nerd. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> still great though. The most them- you've had way more thematic drink choices than I have this month, so I'm very proud of just, you. Just by a score of one to zero. <laughs> you had don't, red don't, wine the last time. That was don't that give was me great. credit for red wine. That was bullshit. <laughs> I made up on the spot. I had some. I I couldn't even think of a pun or anything though, so I have to give you a little credit. Yeah. All right. The bare, bare minimum. Again, the uh, well, I don't want to say something slightly politically incorrect. <laughs> yeah. The tallest little person in the room is what I was going to say. That's right. Yeah. That's fair. Look <laughs> at you. Good job. We we don't have to edit that out. We can keep that yeah. in there. It's perfect. Yeah. Good. Phew. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to it. Follows Andrew. So, um, for anyone who has not seen this movie, and again, it's on Netflix. You probably have Netflix. We recommend it. But it is. It, 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 touch, it, it is similar to other horror films of, you know, the, the general idea of being chased by some sort of monster or being mm-hmm. or creature. But what makes It Follows interesting, I think, is, is two elements. The first element is the monster is, me, me, you know, methodically slow and prodding. It takes a human form, but it does not run. It does not, you know, it does not follow the, the 28 days later sort of World War Z right. world of zombies that can now chase you, which is yeah. admittedly very terrifying. Um, yeah. It follows. It just slowly trudges towards you no matter where you are. It just slowly plods its way there. And then two, it is the the curse that makes the creature follow you is passed along sexually, which is <laughs> definitely an interesting, you know, that that's more than anything probably ties into the sort of 80s and 90s horror mm-hmm. movies that have come to expect where sex usually ends up killing you. If you're people that are fucking, you're probably about to perish. Uh, it follows is more, again, a little slower in that regard. If you're fucking, you get on the monster's hit list and it will come get you at some point. Yeah, I, I think... So there's a lot of interesting things about that the second piece, but like the the I think the other interesting thing is that like it it somehow it's it's perverse in the sense that you the more people have sex with the last carrier, the further away the monster gets from you. But like I, and I don't want to think too hard about the premise because it's just it's just a horror movie and it's and it's good at at itself. But like eventually, isn't this like the extinct an extinction level event? Like at some point, you run out of people to have sex with in the world, and then the monster just starts working its way back through people. <laughs> That's uh, one way to look at it for sure. Yeah. And, which, uh, yeah, but anyway, there, there's a there's a lot of I, I find I found this to be I, I I think we talked about this. I don't find a lot of horror movies to actually be um, really that scary, 
uh, I found this one to be, uh, especially in the first half of the movie, uh, to be to be actually pretty pretty unsettling. Um, just because of what you said, the sort of plotting nature, the plotting but tireless nature of it, right? It's kind of like a cross between like Night of the Living Dead, George Romero zombies that move really slowly but are relentless, and like Freddy Krueger, right? Who you like, you can't go to sleep. Like you can't, like there's nothing, you can't escape this thing other than by banging someone else, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that is the um, one escape route they so. are. So it is like a, I think it's a really sort of uh, clever conceit. It does it does pull from a lot of these different in- inspirations, but it it still feels like its own its own sort of unique thing. Oh yeah, and I think I think it, like, I th- I agree with you a thousand percent. I, you and I differ in our takes on I think the second half to the end of this movie, and we'll get to that in a moment. But the first half, when you sort of realize what the monster is or the creature is, we'll call it a creature, I think, for the or an yeah. entity. For the sake of you know simplicity, when you realize that the creature comes at you, uh, you know f- basically from any direction in in that slow sort of fashion, the movie does. I, I was impressed that they did not play that for tricks very often. Like right. you sort of expect there to be a bunch of scenes where she'd be nervous and then it would be just a regular person. But instead, whenever you see someone off in the distance, barely in the frame, yeah. coming towards them, it's almost always the monster and yeah. uh, the creature. And I love that so much because it's just when, when it's the old woman or when it's the you know the the naked girl or the naked there's a lot of naked people that end up chasing her which is interesting but it's really like the, just just that you get a little glimpse of it in the background of the frame so much of the time and the music doesn't change there's really no indication that this is the that there's the creature coming but you just know as the viewer like oh that's so the creature and then usually 20 30 seconds go by and then it's on them and like they build tension without trying to build tension i thought that was a really great touch that most movies wouldn't have the guts to do they would they would start amping it up and make it real clear this one just makes you see it and just know in your heart that this is about to get bad i think you're that's a really good point about the 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 way the 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 creature sort of comes at you and the and the way the movie actually does a really effective job of making that scary like the and and specifically like the 20 to 30 second gap you kind of reference because that really gets to the relentless nature of the of of the beast that's sort of chasing all these people like you can't you can forget about it for two seconds because it's slow and plotting, but then it's still it's still there, still coming at you. And because of like the cinematic experience, and we're looking for that, you you as the viewer kind of like see it off in the distance all the time. And uh, you know, I, we were talking about this. Like, I I just I I, I love the, one of the things I love about this movie is the fact that it just makes someone walking at people scary like it's so it's like the simplest dumbest thing in a lot of ways and it's 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 like it's it really is unsettling and disturbing to watch it's not like it's not a fun experience um and you know and and you're right that it 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 plays on that a lot more than it, it it still does have these sort of like shocking grotesque moments i think the worst is sort of the the one where the it's the woman that's just like peeing all over her yeah that was I don't really get why that was weird. happening. Uh, and, and, and gross, but like most of the time, it's not. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't go to that well too, too often. So you know, I, I just, I just think it. At least you know, I think you. I think your criticisms of, uh, that we'll get into of the of the second half of the movie are are probably valid. I mean, I, I found myself drifting off a little bit, um, but I just think the setup and the conceit of the movie is. 
is really good. Um, and then there's other things I, I really like about it too, but, but, um, you know, I mean, and that, and that I think is one of the things with, with this series that we sort of, I, I feel like we've sort of discovered is just that, um, like the premise, the premise matters a lot. And then so does the execution, mm-hmm. you know, you know, how do you, you have to have some unique angle and then you have to really do things to make it scary. You know, like if this movie, this is a clever premise, but if it's executed poorly, it's not scary. Um, it's derivative. It's, it's and all that stuff. So, yeah. Oh yeah. I think you're a hundred percent right. I think the first half of this movie is, is, you know, again, I'm not a heat. Neither one of us are massive horror fans, but I was riveted the entire time. And it does fall back. And like you said, there, there are some, a little sort of gross out grotesque type moments. There's, and there are more traditional scares. Like when, they're in the bedroom, and then you know they let their friend in, and then this big giant man comes in, following. Them, <laughs> yeah. And I love that. I did like also that the monster. The, another thing the movie does well is is reveal sort of the rules of the monster in or of the creature in very slow terms. Like you start to realize it can take other forms. That they imply right. that early on, but when you see it, and when you realize this big giant scary man is the creature, that's a great scare. You're like whoa! Like I couldn't imagine yeah. anything scarier right now than if a big tall man walked into my apartment you know and, and was and looked dead-eyed at me i would pee my pants just like that girl peed herself like and was ha- hanging dong too like, <laughs> yeah. it would be, yeah. it would be yeah. particularly terrifying yeah. so i think i think that is something that does really well and like you said that's it's not just a premise that's an execution for sure yeah. like yeah. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. that sound that could sound real stupid if you told someone about yeah. that if you brought that up without seeing it you go oh wow walking towards me cool but then when it actually happens it, it does a really great job yeah uh, uh so uh, i guess the other the other things i you, you'll talk a little bit about the score which i think is is brilliant um but there's two other things i really enjoyed about the the movie and they're they're sort of related one is the sort of anachronistic production design and everything like so a lot of people are driving muscle cars and they dress like they're from a 70s or 80s movie but then it's clearly in like the present day because there's like brand new Toyota Camrys and Corollas elsewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I really enjoyed the sort of, I, I think that's part of sort of the deconstruction of the the genre that we're sort of talking about is it, it's and that in a lot of ways, that's a clear homage to other sources, uh, other, you know, other past movies that, that, that it sort of steals from or borrows from. But I, I just love the way it sort of plays with that. It, it does give it sort of a, you know, and I guess maybe the, like, the, again, because of the nature of the creature, uh, this could be happening in different, you know, time uh, timelines. Uh, and then the other thing was just so it's shot. I think David Robert Mitchell is a Michigan guy, and it's shot in in present day Detroit. And so it just, you know, without going into like the urban decay porn thing, it does a really great job of sort of like just playing with the like or the interplay between just like this sort of bucolic suburban. 1970s like uh, it, it feels i mean stranger things premieres tonight so it almost feels like stranger thingsy at some at moments and then at other moments it's like well the like or for example the place where she's like tied to the wheelchair is like this you know industrial building with blown out windows and and and, and all this like sort of urban decay and so like i just loved that piece of it i mean I, he's from that area so uh, i'm not surprised he sort of did it but i i thought that was um it, it just it just was 
it just was really, really different uh, in, the, in that way and, um, and, and striking. Yeah, it took advantage of the fact that, you know, like you said, Detroit has still has suburbs. It also has right. broken down shitty parts. It also has lakes nearby. Like, it, right, the, right. you know, it, it, it fit all the, the elements they need for like the and those are all a lot of those are horror tropes in their own right. You know, bouncing right. between those sorts of terrains. And it really is a natural sort of choice for that sort of area. The synth, yeah, the uh, the synth heavy uh, soundtrack and score really got, I guess, score really really surprised me as well. That that grabbed me right away. Like another another example of what you know, it, as we talk about it, it it's sort of even when we discuss it, it sounds more heavy handed than it really is. You know, like yeah. It, yeah, it sounds like this guy made this you know you know striking homage to '80s horror movies, but it really yeah. doesn't feel that way when you're seeing no. it. Like it really sort of works. Like I don't know yeah. what. David Robert Mitchell does exactly to make it seem so uh, like not of a certain era. Maybe it is what you said. Maybe it is grounding it in in clearly modern times, but then also hearkening back to that stuff. And and Disaster Piece is a musician who did the the score and did a great job. And yeah, it's just to me, it really touched on a lot of those elements and paid clear tribute to them and clearly involved them, but did not feel like it was using them for the sake of being successful or or adopting them with a big like like we said, a big old wink, like, huh, huh, horror movies. Like, I just feel like it just worked. It just, it all seemed to flow very well together. And I, I, uh, I think that's the, the mark of another uh, talent, like we said with John Carpenter, sort of. Like, it's a talented director who doesn't, um, who doesn't lay it on too thick and can can bring elements in and be a little cheesy at times without it without it seeming, you know, right in your face. Yeah, and I think, actually, I'm, I'm sort of, another thing is sort of dawning on me as we come to the end of this series. Uh, I think... Um, what you're talking about with it being it sounding heavy-handed but not being I, I think one of the things I'm coming around to the, I, one of the ideas I'm coming around to with horror specifically as a genre is that um, like the the margin I think for being really heavy-handed and cliche and and rote um, is feels really thin now like we've watched three pretty good horror movies and I think in looking back on all three of them like the like it so easily could have just they so easily could have been forget much more forgettable movies or even worse you know just outright bad and i feel like the again the margin for error in horror like when you're talking about really good horror movies is is actually really really thin um like anyone can make a historical drama and have it be like you know all right you know mm-hmm. slap a slap a famous actor in some period clothes and you know have like a mediocre script and like no one's gonna like no one's gonna like savage your career over that but you i feel summon, like you can summon like a false gravitas sort of yes and, like make right, it feel right, like it's right. important and it's not right right yeah and and maybe that's it you know horror can so easily go into camp or cheesiness or just even worse that that it in some i'm wondering now if it's like in some ways it's one of the harder genres to really really do well it would, that's sort of to me that makes sense as to why it it became so schlocky over you know and and, and yeah. obviously so low budget and so profitable for people is I don't think the audiences are particularly discerning when they go see a horror film right I don't right. think the directors are typically the most skilled I think right or, though they're not that they're not skilled they they do their own jobs very well but they're just not trying to make art necessarily or they're not trying to subvert expectations or yeah. or do anything out out of the pale really it's well, sort of I- is what it is. And they also like, I mean, look at the cast for it follows. Like, there's no one in there that is remotely was remotely famous when there's that movie the girl came from out. Independence Day too. 
Yeah, but that came out after this movie. So, I mean, like, and that's, that's, that has always been the case. You know, I, I we'll get into it like later. I've been watching some of the classic horror movies, like with Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff. And like, those guys were like washed up nobodies in their 40s, you know, before they got, before they became household names. And that is like, that's another hallmark of the horror genre is that, you know, people come out of it and become famous. But like, like Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, right? Like, but like, people don't typically, uh, people, <laughs> you don't typically have big stars coming into. It almost feels like a waste sometimes. Like, why would you want a big star? Like, that, right. that's sort of anathema right. to the whole idea of the genre. Well, and 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 yeah, probably be also because then it, it takes a little of the mystery away. Or like, you you tend to think the big star is not gonna, um, you know get off right right from the start yeah if uh, the thing had been a little more horror and a little less sci-fi we probably wouldn't have seen kurt russell like we it was great to see right. kurt russell burning grabbing right. a flamethrower and burning down right. monsters but yeah if we, we, we were pretty sure kurt russell was going to make it till the end right 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 as a total aside that's one of the things i liked about blade runner 2049 was that dave bautista even though i wish he'd been in it longer i assumed he was going to be in it longer and he like dies almost immediately, yeah, which is a great, way, a great way to sort of again subvert expectations. But Absolutely. anyway, which is a good uh, any all genres every now and then. That's a nice touch to have, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I so it follows was was it has a lot of great elements and it sets them up pretty well. And some of the execution is just phenomenal. I I would say, and this does feel like nitpicking because I did pretty much enjoy the movie overall. But I I found a couple elements. Uh, I just I thought it sort of lost the thread halfway through, and I think it's interesting to to talk about the thing and then to follow it up with it follows. Both movies sort of introduce these monsters or creatures and don't really define what the monsters or creatures they do. They loosely yeah. define it. In the thing, it can look like other people, and it follows it can look like other people, and it has to walk, and you know it can't it has no magical mm-hmm. powers really besides killing you. Um, but I thought, in the thing, I thought that, and I can't really put my finger on why. And the thing, it was sort of good and campy and silly that the that the that the thing could do whatever it wants. And it follows. I thought that the creature by the end, I just, I don't know. I I didn't think it held up for the whole hundred minutes. I, I I know you disagree, or a little bit at least. But I just thought there were some parts in the end that felt a little dumb. Like when when the naked when when they're pulling away from the house near the end, I think to go off to the pool to have the final showdown with the monster or with the creature i keep calling it a monster it's a creature when the creature <laughs> is and then you see make him on row with the main character jay sees an old naked man on the roof and the music dun dun and you know that that's the creature trying to find her why would why would the naked man be on the roof i don't understand why the creature would go to the roof there's no business up there she wasn't on the roof was it going to jump down the chimney like i don't it just it seemed like sort of a silly sort of scene to, to build tension which i think the movie had avoided to that point in, in being unnecessarily silly and sort of campy with how how the creature made its move so that, that's a that's a small example but that, that took me out of it and I'm, all right movie naked naked man like you said dong hanging uh <laughs> hanging dong. i don't know i just thought i thought by the end i wasn't i wasn't as intrigued at how they got out of how they fought the monster how they got out of them fighting the creature how it all worked i thought it just lost the threat at a certain point i so i I, I think I liked it more more than you did, but I, I would agree that I think it kind of hits a lo- little lull. I found the conclusion, the the swimming pool scenes, and then the very end when they're walking down the street and someone's like walking behind them to be uh, very compelling. Uh, I do think it, it does kind of lose a little steam 
somewhere around the hour mark. So I don't know if that means the movie could have been 10 minutes shorter or something like that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the case. I don't know. I, I guess I'm just more forgiving because I think the, the, the conceit is, is really clever and, um, and I was, was unsettled most of the time. So, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with, with anything you're, 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 you're saying. Um, uh, so I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It could it, also be expectations too. Like, you know, I had heard this was a very, and I think you and I think to me, that's a really important part of seeing movies that, that people sort of underrate is if you hear, I know we talked about today, you're going to watch get out next week when it premieres mm-hmm. on television. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I think you'll really enjoy it, but you've been hearing for eight months now, six months, seven, however many months that it's, that it was fantastic. It was, you know, one of the best movies of the year. I like, I wonder what your expectations will be like before you see it. Like I've waited three years to see this movie. I'd heard it was one of the great modern horror movies. And then when it, when it's sort of, you know, receded a little bit back into being just a, a decent movie with some flaws that I was able to note. I, I might have been a little more let down had I been if I just stumbled upon it one day and said, whoa, what a crazy, fun conceit. That was exciting and scary all at once, you know? Yeah, yeah. And well, you know, I, I, it sort of gets into like the, like, I think I just, at, at its peak moments, it's 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 a really, really good movie. Um, and so I guess it depends on, yeah, how much credit you want to give it for that. And, um, yeah, I went I went into it a lot blinder when I saw it the first time a couple years ago, um, and I, I I generally go into horror movies I don't know anything about with very low expectations. So um, maybe we're maybe we're on different sides of the coin there. You know, I didn't have, I had no expectations, and I was like, damn, that was that was pretty that was pretty good. Uh, and and you went in and having heard, and I probably hyped it a little bit too because I I enjoyed it initially. Um, but yeah, you know that's 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 the nature of of yeah. film these days, and and, I, and that's why I've like yeah with Get Out I've like deliberately avoided reading a lot about it because I I want to I want to just appreciate the movie on its own merits as much as I can. Sure, and I think that speaks to you know some of the the broader ideas we we've sort of developed about horror over the last month of watching these movies and even more than just watching the movies but talking about them and thinking about them more and for someone like myself who will readily admit that it's not his favorite genre of film I I I have definitely reconsidered my expectations and sort of feelings towards horror movies over the last month cuz something like you know you know I think there's a certain standard you can hold every movie to in terms of just being entertaining and well-made and telling a story the right way. I think the story, more than anything, there's a right and wrong way to tell a story. There's not necessarily a right and wrong way to make a movie, but if you're going to tell a sort of linear narrative or even non-linear narrative, you sort of have to hit certain points and and have your rising actions and your falling actions, your big moments and all that. But I think for a horror movie like this, it is, you know, you you said a great thing there. Like, if, if you judge it on, you know, it's got major peaks and relatively minimal valleys that might be enough like that's and that's not the wrong way to look at it either like it's it's if the conceit and the execution are strong but it doesn't you know end with the biggest oomph you'd like that's that's totally fair like and i think i probably um part of me still unfairly maligns horror movies for for not following through on their conceits all the way through or for losing the thread at a certain point or for or for when the shock value sort of fades uh, it, it may not have the same, you know, power over you it did originally. But I think with something like this, even when I, when I hear myself saying that, I go, oh, I don't know if that's fair. Like, I had a great time watching it. It was cool and fun and interesting. Like, what more am I looking for, you know? 
Well, yeah, but I don't think I, I think I wouldn't be that so hard on yourself because like um I think I I think um yeah, one of the things I we've learned over the last month is is how expansive and and uh and the 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 horror genre can be, the variety you can get in it. Um but on the flip side, I mean we've we've handpicked these few movies that have very good reputations. Um, and I, I stand by where we started in terms of the, like in terms of the idea that there are, there are probably more horror movies than any other like genre of movie released in, in major theaters every year. Um, and I think, I think a lot of them are awful. I, I, I still think that's true. I, because they're they they're so given to the formula. They're so they're so often so cheaply made because studios know they can turn a profit on them very easily, and so you know that I think that's the other thing is it makes me appreciate the the really good examples of the genre um, even more uh, because I, I do think there's a lot of a lot of crap in the horror area uh, now, um, especially especially at this stage. You know, like. I, I've mentioned this, you know, I've gone back and watched some older, older horror movies and, and horror, you know, horror was like, horror was a gamble back in like the 1930s when Universal started making monster movies. It, it, it was that in some ways for like Universal, which did all those original like Frankenstein and Dracula, like those were Hail Marys in a lot of ways to actually just save the studio. And it worked. Yeah, but, sure but you know, but, but you, that gives you a sense of the, the, the history, the legacy of, of the genre itself, which is cheap to make, turn a profit, you know, that's, that's sort of the nature, nature of the genre. So yeah, I, I appreciate, I appreciate the good examples, which I think we've gotten three very good examples over the last. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it definitely helps that we were able to pick it. We didn't, we didn't sit down and try and watch 30 movies in 30 days and kill ourselves <laughs> with a horror infusion. We picked the best of the best. But I, and I think one of the things that I've enjoyed in watching these movies over the last, you know, these couple movies in particular, um, is is seeing you know certain tropes be revisited or sort of even be introduced to a certain extent. I think that was really fun as well because I think horror, as much as you know any genre, really. Uh, leans on its past and its history and leans on what has made people be frightened before and has made them jump and, 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 and sort of learned actions kind of we, when we do this, people do that. Let's either let's do more of this or let's go the opposite way and see how they respond. And sort of, that's where you get a lot of the critical acclaim is the critics who, Ooh, they did, they went, they zagged instead of zigging. What a genius. (laughs) And, And maybe that's not the most impressive thing in the world, but it does, invoke these sort of these deep emotions or these sort of innate feelings in you and i think that's impressive in its own right that we respond in a certain way to being scared or to being nervous or to being tense and you know movies are an emotionally driven you know vehicle for the most part and tapping into how someone feels and causing them to you know respond whether it's conscious or subconsciously is is a huge part of movie being beloved and remembered and adored and i think that's one of the reasons horror has the weight it does it's not you know not saying anything that people don't already know but it's just it's been fun to sort of go oh that's where that came from or that's why that show parodied that or that's why they don't do this in these movies because they did it there and it's too it's got came cheesy after 40 years you know yeah i think i think that's a really interesting observation like the the, it, the horror leans on its history more than any other genre. I think that's really true, um, and I think it's 
And I think that's, again, that, that's what leads to a lot of the crap um, because it's very easy to just lean on the history and expectations and, and build tension in that way. Uh, but that's also what leads to the most interesting uh, examples of the genre as well. I mean, and that's, and, and to, to come bring it back to the movie we're talking about today, I think this is the one that leans on horror history the most, uh, of the three we've watched and, um, and does it in a, in a really interesting way. You know, it, it, like it's, it's, it's interesting in, in the setting. It's interesting in the inspirations it draws from. It's interesting in its overt use of sexuality you know often the slasher film of the 80s the like you said the people having sex or smoking weed are like those are the people that get killed but that's a that's not an overt acknowledgement that's why they're getting killed that's just a a sub subversive not even subversive just a subconscious those people are doing bad things thus they deserve to be punished uh whereas this is an overt an overt uh, version of it, uh, pe- you know, people saying or the the movie saying, sex gets you into trouble. Or but and it, also, it, sex gets you out of trouble too. Sex Should gets you, you out of trouble. Yes. So I mean, that's I mean, that's but that's what's so. In- I, I guess to get back to your point about leaning on history, that's what I I find interesting about this film and interesting about about the genre. Um, it, it is it is a genre where you need to have. We don't need to have it, but it it having the historical context of the whole genre, and I feel like we both have a lot of homework to do um, here till I guess till next October. Um, but <laughs> having that co- context is is really really important. Yeah, and and in reading interviews with the director David Robert Mitchell, he he said some interesting things because people did you know he did approach sex in a way that is, is different than many horror movies of the past do. And people read a lot into it. Is this, is this mean AIDS or STDs or just, you know, perceptions of sex in general, anxieties about intimacy. And he, he basically said, you know, as we sort of said, sex gets you into trouble. Sex can get you out of trouble. Sex can be reprieve from the horrors of life. Sometimes sex and love can really make whatever's going on around you a lot less scary. And then also this is, it's sort of like a, uh, like a nightmare. The whole movie is sort of a nightmare, you know? Yeah. You, like you yeah. said, you're being chased, you're being followed. And I think that really does tie into a lot of the primal ideas of the yeah. horror movies. Like, this is yeah. just, it's just scary. It's just real scary. It's, yeah. it's, it's methodically relentless, and there's nothing you can really do to get out of it, short of a few brief moments of, you know, tenderness and love, and then you're right back to where you started. <laughs> Then you wake up bound to a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. So, in that sense, I think it does it does encapsulate a lot of the stuff we've talked about so far. Yeah. Agreed. So it's good. It's very good. If you if you're a horror fan, and you know, I, I don't know if it deserves a 97 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think it really is is a something that overly special but i also don't think the imdb rating is particularly indicative of how good it is it's a very well-made movie with a really good conceit and it touches on a lot of really fun elements that i think horror horror fans would have a lot of things find a lot of things to like about it yeah and again fits into this i've been enjoying some of the horror we've seen lately um again it, it seems to come from a lot of and i and i think this speaks again to the history of horror it comes from uh a lot of independent uh, you know it's cheaply made so it comes from these independent sources uh and i think we're getting a real um a real peek at peek at that again this year so i i don't or this decade i should say so i don't know if we're i'm not qualified to say that this is we're in like a 
little mini golden age of horror. But um, I will say there are some other movies out there. I, I assume Get Out because everyone raves about it. But um, <laughs> The Babadook, uh, The Witch, there's a couple others that just like are they're not like this movie really but other than being horror movies and independent but they've come out and they and they've come out recently and um i suggest people go and go and check those out because they're uh they're all they're all really good yeah it doesn't it doesn't seem like there's the the because the, the correlation between cheap and bad does not have to necessarily be a right thing, you know no, you, yeah. you can do cheap and good it's hard but yeah. it's happened yeah. countless times and and that's super lucrative this movie cost two million dollars and made 20 million that's yeah. pretty fantastic in its own right get out made a billion dollars so you know yeah. there's if, if you if you play your cards right in this particular genre it can be extremely lucrative and getting critical acclaim is just the icing on the cake yeah, and I think The Witch was an A24 film last year, and I believe it was the most, the uh, the best movie the studios ever had, uh, and they had some notable notable films, um, including last year's Best Picture winner, yeah. um, <laughs> Moonlight. So, so uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Well. That's the end of Horror Month, everyone. We've made it through October. Halloween is literally right around the corner, and we all survived. Hopefully we all survived. (laughs) If you didn't survive, I'm sorry. I hope you turned into a ghost or something. That would be nice. But, don't chase me don't, yeah, don't chase, chase me us. please don't, don't please don't slowly walk behind us yeah, yeah. that would be please terrifying don't do that. Don't if do you that. know me and you see me on the, i guess i wouldn't know you're walking behind me unless there was a camera in front of me so i wouldn't be that scared until i was killed but please God. be gentle how good of a practical joke would that be though <laughs> I, I, like that. I don't know how i would know though it would be a good joke for like the video later but i, I wouldn't so, have any uh, idea like someone knew that you saw this and then they hired a six foot eight man with his dick hanging out to just follow you down the street and slow enough that i would notice slow him enough. and get a little nervous yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if i see a six man with his dick hanging out again i'm gonna cause a real ruckus so <laughs> don't do that with as, you know caution as you should <laughs> <laughs> all right well we're having some laughs it's horror month doesn't all have to be scary it can be fun too so I hope you enjoyed this month. I think we're going to do more of these. We really enjoyed dipping back into some films we haven't seen before or seen in a while and deconstructing a genre a little bit and talking about it in detail. So I don't believe this is the last you're going to have seen of In Real Deep podcast talking about a very specific subset of films. So keep your eye out for that. Again, as we said last episode, the fall movie season is heating up. Uh, Thor Ragnarok is coming out in the very near future. I think Andrew and I are both excited about that. There should be some reviews forthcoming. There should be some new podcasts coming out. We're going to fill the end of 2017 with all the joy and podcasts and content that we can possibly <laughs> offer. So please revisit inrealdeep.com over and over and over again, and we will do our best to give you all the best content we can possibly create. Yeah, refresh inrealdeep.com six times a day at your desk and <laughs> click around a lot. We will almost certainly not update it once, but just but check. Only- only on pages with ads, which I believe is only the homepage <laughs> yeah. at this point. And click the ads every now and then. Why not, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, just do it. And also, if you like this podcast, please, we don't ask this very often, but we would love to do it. Write us a review on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We'd love to have you. We appreciate everyone that gives us feedback and listens to our shows. And we want to keep doing more of these, and we're going to. But the more, you know, <laughs> the more ear holes we get into, the better. So we're gonna keep doing this. It sounds like a threat. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, yeah, if you review us enough, we'll stop. But if you don't yeah, review yeah, us enough, yeah. we're gonna keep going until we.
we get. Yeah. yeah, if you don't if you don't review us positively, we're not going to upgrade our equipment at all. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Andrew. Thank you so much. As always, it's a pleasure to work, talk with you. Yes. Happy Halloween. And thank you to everybody for listening. Happy Halloween, and we'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Adios.